And shortly thereafter, Syracuse announces, with no comment from Jim Beheim that he is retired and Adrian Autry is going to be the new head coach. And was, he knew. It was clunky. It was typical Jim Beheim in so the, the, latter, the latter years. I mean, you know, I've, I've been, been harsh on Jim Beheim, but I'll give credit where credit's due. He's one of the legends of college basketball. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Final Fours, the Sweet Sixteens, the second in wins in Division One, a guy that, I mean, he was at Syracuse for 60 years, 47 years as the head coach. So basically, anybody's lifetime grew up with Syracuse basketball, Jim Beheim was your coach. There's something to be said about that. But there's also something to be said when you are at that level that finally a university says enough is enough. You're ticking off people. You haven't embraced name, image, likeness. We are stuck in the mud, so to speak, with a historically really good basketball program. And there is more attention towards you than there is on the floor. And you know what? From an assistant coach to killing somebody with your car, all of that stuff has finally come to head. Which is frowned upon, by the way. And we we have to separate. And good on the university. This is kind of, you know what, when I think about it, and, and not everybody can have the Roy Williams departure or the just super classy Jay Wright departure. Now it's... You know, last couple of years to have Roy Williams, Jay Wright, and Jim Beheim leave, that's a lot of victories. Uh, I think of all active coaches right now, there's maybe 40 Final Four appearances and eight national titles. But with those three, they trump those two numbers. But I don't know. I think this was how it was always going to end with Beheim. It had gotten clunky. He had had a rough last couple of months where he was going after fans. He was going after media again. And the university finally said, enough is enough. We have to take back control of our basketball program. And a legend, yes, a legend in Mm -hmm. college basketball, we can't do this anymore. Just, they sent out a release that did not have a statement from the head coach. And how many people ran with, oh, Jim Beheim's retiring? Mm. Didn't say that. He was told. Never once said that. Never once said that in the statement either. That he's quote, retiring. Or the social media and, post it was, thank you, Coach Beheim. And, and yep. there are certain coaches that can call their own ending. Yeah. Tom Osborne, Bobby Bowden, Joe Paterno before Sandusky could. Jim Beheim is one of those guys that I always thought, up until you know, the last four or five years, he's probably somebody that could call his own ending. Well, the university yesterday called his ending for him, and good on them. Mm -hmm. Good on them so Syracuse basketball can move forward. And the Dick Vitales of the world that are, you know, can't separate being a friend with looking at reality, get all upset that they didn't let Beheim do it on his own, and they maybe should have let him come back for year 48. You know what? If I'm a caretaker of Syracuse basketball, I did the right thing. Yep. No guarantee that Adrian Autry is going to be good. But, but you, you got to find out. Syracuse basketball hasn't been good for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that Carmelo, Warwick, McNamara Final Four, which was great because you know, they, they ran through KU and Oklahoma and Texas. 20 years. But they haven't been back to the NCAA tournament, I don't think, as a single-figure seed in a while. Now, he did get to the Final Four in 16 as a double-figure seed. Yeah. But this is, we're talking Syracuse basketball now. 13, they went as a higher seed. I mean, it's been a long time since Syracuse was Syracuse. You could argue since they were in the Big East. 
Before UM, uh, before uh, Baltimore knocked off Virginia, and I'm trying to remember who the hell Syracuse was playing as when they were a one seed. They came the closest of being the first one seed being knocked off. I cannot remember who they were playing. Princeton. Was it no, Princeton? Princeton was Georgetown. I'm trying to remember who the heck they but Richmond, way, like, I knew, was uh, Syracuse. I think Richmond beat them in the 80s. Yeah, now this was a 16-nobody, just like you know Baltimore County, and it, it, it almost happened. And, and my point is, yeah, th- there's been a lot more of those Bayheim teams that have probably underachieved in the NCAA tournament than people want to talk about. Um, well, that's what it was when they played Kansas. Uh, yeah. Bayheim and Roy Williams, you know, one of these guys is actually going to win one because they always had good teams mm-hmm. that got upset in the tournament. I mean, in his prime, Bayheim was the best of one of the best of the best. Yeah. And, and, and that still, system. There's still a presence. The last time mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament was here in town, Syracuse was here. Yep. And there's, you know, you see Bayheim, but very standoffish. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think yesterday was a win for Syracuse. I think yeah. it was a win for Syracuse to take back their basketball program. I don't think they're going to play the 2-3 zone anymore. Yeah. But they're going to have a head coach who is going to adjust to the new era of college basketball, either how you play, how you recruit, and name, image, likeness. And Bayheim, as we see a lot of older coaches, I mean, Saban just went off yesterday on pay for play. They don't like it, and they don't want to play the game where you have to embrace it. it it's it's part of the deal. And if you if you don't, you might... Privately, go. Gosh, I hate this. I hate the way the game is going. But you got to play but, the but game. But publicly, you say, "Man, we got a great NIL package there, uh, Hakeem Warwick's son." Which, which I find ironic in college basketball that at some point, especially in a forty-seven-year career, that you haven't maybe did things when it comes to recruiting that you would not necessarily feel great about, whether it was breaking rules entirely, just never getting caught, or skirting rules. I have a very tough time believing that for any sanctimonious coaches that have been around for a very long time, especially in the sport of college basketball, that there's a holier than thou, like, don't like where this is going, the NIL kids getting paid. Was it better that they get paid under the table? The fact that it's actually under a watchful eye being regulated, well, it's okay? Don't you think it's ironic that what he said not too long ago about buying a roster? Yeah. So they lose last-second shot. Mm-hmm. Look who they lost to yesterday. A program that he inc- accused of buying a roster. Right. Yeah, it's all it all it's all coming together for Jim yeah. Beheim and in that yesterday was the day. I wish like hell though. You heard that clip to lead off the segment. I wish like hell the a- the ACC moderator during the presser would have said, "Mr. Beheim, what you said." is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard, and no point in your rambling and coherent response were you ever close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. We award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> now, it, the, the thing that I did really like, and you brought this up too about Syracuse, because I know Penn State was dealing with this with Joe Paterno before the whole Sandusky fallout. And I'm sure this has gone on with other coaches that maybe even there was a sense of this with Bobby Bowden in Florida State too, where everybody in the administration can see it. They can they can just tell that, all right, it's time for a new voice. It's time for new leadership. But this guy has meant so much to this program, to our university, to our fan base. How do we go about sort of ushering them out and really urging 
and making it very known to that individual that we need to do this. But you also don't publicly come across as the ones who, you know, kick them, their ass out the door. And usually it's there's sort of an ultimatum where they try to go about it respectfully and say, hey, you know, we, we would like uh, this year to be your last year. And the coach is like, nope, because I'm not the one who brought that up. Maybe that coach always had the intention of making it their last year, but the fact that it was approached from the other party and not them approaching the athletic department, that can impact an ego. It's very rare. And you heard during that incoherent response of, hey, I gave a retirement speech. Well, I don't know. I, you heard. I think I did answer it. He pretty much was challenging, in my opinion, was challenging Syracuse. Yep. It's up to them. And you yeah. know what? they What they did okay. is something that a lot of, I don't think a lot of schools, yeah. given his stature and his significance to the sport, I don't think he thought they'd have the cojones to do it, and they did. So I, I, didn't think I they did. doubled down on what you said about if you are invested in Syracuse basketball, I think that was a good day for Syracuse basketball. They took back their basketball program. They did. And w- when you're winning not going to sugarcoat it, you can be like Jim Beheim has been. When you're not winning, you can't be like Jim Beheim has been. And finally, Syracuse took back their basketball program, and they had to move their basketball program forward. I mean, he's got, he's got on his ledger the Bernie Fine incident. I mean, he had, a, he had, a, he had yeah. an assistant coach yeah. who got fired because of child molestation mm-hmm. allegations. And and Beheim went to the wall for him. Yep. God, that's another one that does it. Between, I mean, there's a lot of things oh, that were just swept under the rug. Man, basically. that's a, that's another one that does not get a lot of conversation anymore when you think of Beheim. And, and again, mm. I'm not trying to. Be, you brought him up, and I'm not trying to put Dick Vitale in the crosshairs in this conversation. But where are those mentions? When you talk about someone's 47-year career and the things that they stood for, too, to completely dismiss some of the things that either set the program back or had horrible, not just like, eh, you know what, these things happen, but horrible optics, and we conveniently dismiss that. Because you were winning. Yep. It's not telling the whole story. It's not telling the whole story. 47-year career, guess what? You're probably going to accumulate some moments that you wish you could have back. But is Jim Beheim ever apologizing about that at all? No. Absolutely not. He never will. Uh, Patrick Ewing, and and here's... Yeah, it's like death of the old Big East yesterday. Well, yeah, two legends in the old Big East, Jim Beheim and then Patrick Ewing, who Georgetown got just obliterated yesterday. I mean, at least they were up 8-6 at one of the timeouts. (laughs) But they... I mean, Villanova was a wagon yesterday. That it'll yeah, be a good game tonight. Four and a half point spread between Creighton and Villanova. I wouldn't touch it. Is the way that Georgetown will handle Patrick Ewing? They don't want to take away from the Big East tournament. They have somebody who they'll welcome back. I mean, Patrick Ewing will be able to come back into a building where thirty three is all over the place in D.C. But they will handle it with a lot more class. Even though I'm sure he'll have. You know, he has opinions on how things have worked there, but they will handle it at Georgetown probably early next week. And maybe it's one of those press conferences where the actual coach that's being relieved of his duties is sitting there. I don't, yeah. Nothing will ever be on the level of the Doc Sadler <laughs> firing press conference, but it just, it's, it's how a university looks at 
somebody who has meant so much to their place and how they finally have to say, we got to move on better for both of us. Yeah. What happened at Syracuse yesterday? Guy's 40, 47 years. He's been there 60 years. Most people's lifetime, Jim Beheim's been the head coach at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And what he has done to basically take him from Manly to with the Carrier Dome, they had a release and he was not even quoted in it. Nope. And then you'll have Patrick Ewing, who I imagine early next week, Georgetown will announce that they are moving on and 33 can move on and then 33 sometime can come back. I, I liked, as we're comparing the two, and again, is at least as of 6.53 Central Time on a Thursday, March 9th, Patrick Ewing is still employed. He, when approached about it after the game, took the high road. And I, I, again, I'm not trying to make this the Jim Beheim, like, you know, just bashing hour, but Ewing said something that I don't think Jim Beheim would have the class to say. And that was simply this university, this athletic department has been very good to me. And would I love to come back? Yep. But they have been very good to me. Not, yeah, and, and maybe there maybe there'll be a different story told, like you said, a week or two later about things maybe he didn't feel he had, but at least in that moment, he did not point any fingers. He did not show any ill will towards the university. And I think that goes a long way for a guy that I would totally agree is always going to, after the stench kind of wears off of this, and hopefully if you're Georgetown, you can get the higher right. You can have more successful days, and you will go back to loving Patrick Ewing, what he meant as the player. But I, something as simple as just saying that that athletic department and university have been good to him, good for you, Patrick Ewing, because I know there's a lot of guys, and not trying to compare Ewing to Bayheim as far as the coaching success, but there are some pretty large coaching personalities that would not have the grace to say such a thing. Uh, that's uh, Nick, Jimmy as well. Uh, Jimmy will have an update next hour on uh, the first day of the state basketball tournament. Day two begins at 9 a.m. Man, that Wahoo game got me hooked in there until the end. That was just the first game of the day. Jim Weeks get you hooked in because of the style of basketball they play? Was it the mustard jacket? That that was a tough watch. It was a mustard jacket. It was a tough watch, but... Tough watch. The drama of it. The shot clock, which was not as jarring as people thought it was going to be for Class A because... Most of them are used to. Most of those kids are used to playing during the summer in AAU with a shot clock. Uh, it's time to introduce the shot clock at some different levels. And because, I agree. Yeah. Like the pitch clock, you don't even notice it. If you notice college basketball and everything, you don't even notice. It. I noticed it twice this year in games that I've watched because it malfunctioned. That was it. But you don't. <laughs> well, yeah. You don't, there's that. You don't pay attention to it. Nope. But they malfunction in the there, NBA sometimes. There's some of the other classes that yesterday could have gravely used it, but. There's also going to be some of those teams that benefit greatly from being able to control tempo for an entire game. All right, uh, that's coming up in the next hour. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone.